I love to try. Hi, friends. Welcome. This is it. We have over a decade of episodes unpacking stories and life to help you discover your purpose, your divine design, and what you are wired to do. This is Patty Lynn Wyatt. Please subscribe on YouTube or subscribe to Girlfriend It so we can be in it together. All right, welcome. This is Girlfriend It, and I am your host today, Patty Wyatt. And have you ever lost someone you truly loved? Have you ever had an abortion or miscarriage, dealt with losing someone to suicide? Have you had a horrific divorce or infidelity, discovered your spouse is addicted to porn? Have you ever been bullied or gone through trauma at work because of harassment? It's usually not if pain will happen in your life, it's when it happens. Trauma, adversity, pain is an equal opportunist. Pain doesn't discriminate. So what are the secrets to resiliency? Why can some people bounce back and others go face down? Well, today we have entrepreneur Zan Ofterheide, founder of Zan Auctions and a stand-up comedian. She is here to share how she was able to find the silver lining after adversity in her life. And I love, she has a a mantra of focusing on her goal to leave the world a better place, one gala at a time. So welcome, Zan. How are you today? Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. I'm in the best mood today. I uh, Not only because I get to speak with you and I love your show and I love what you're about, but I woke up to just, you know, as an entrepreneur, your life sort of like is in your emails. And I woke up to a gr- just an amazing email this morning of an amazing gig. Can I share? Can I just yeah, say? Do. And then I get it over with. Okay. All right. So we all know that this, I don't know if we all know, but the Super Bowl was at the SoFi Stadium this year. And yes. this gig, this fundraiser to help get education to people who are underprivileged is going to be held at the SoFi Stadium. And the guest on the show is going to be guest performance by Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. So I'm going to be performing at SoFi with Dave Grohl. Wow. I know. I'm excited. Wow. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. You know when you get that elated feeling and you're just you just can't shake it. It's like, oh my goodness, it just, you know, today is going to get better and better and better. And I needed to hear that because this morning, what my morning looked like is I bought this new protein chocolate shake that's full of all kinds of gross, like organic sprouts or something probiotic that Mm -hmm. was, you know, I was going to see a miracle happen in 24 hours (laughs) and I'm gagging it down. (laughs) Husband is rolling his eyes going, why are you drinking that? And it's like, because I paid $45 on Amazon. It has to it has to be good stuff. See, so what you I, have what you have right there is comedy. That is where you find your comedy in life. Is you don't have a mess. You don't have. If you have something that makes you angry, write about it and turn it into funny, and that is your silver lining. <laughs> okay, that's good to know because yeah. I it's a huge it's a huge container, and I will drink every single. I will lick up the powder. Oh, <laughs> that's because I paid for it. Oh, oh that's funny. Oh. Well. Yeah. We had a heavy intro there, so I'm glad you put it on a lighter note. And and I want to say, you know what Girlfriend It is all about? It's girlfriends coming together, helping each other through our blind spots, holding each other accountable, building each other up, being the cheerleader, you know, that we so need in life. 
And since it is International Women's Day, well, actually yesterday, but we'll make it today and tomorrow mm -hmm. and every day, uh, mm -hmm. tell us about how you met your best friend in life. Because I know you had mentioned you have had her in your life since you were 13. What is the secret sauce? Oh, the secret sauce is just as you started the podcast, be in it together. You just have to keep, and being in it together doesn't come easy. You have to work at it like any relationship. It's not that it's necessarily gone easy, but I, um, as a matter of fact, when we met when we were 13, we became friends and then we became sort of, uh, I don't know about enemies or frenemies, but we, we definitely butted heads and went in opposite directions and then became best friends again. Like we met when we were 12 and maybe took a year off and became best friends when we were 13, 14, something like that. And we've been best friends ever since, lo these many, 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 many decades. And yeah, the secret sauce is is really practicing listening, just like you would do with uh, a child, <clears throat> excuse me, a spouse mm -hmm. with anybody that you want to have a relationship with. You have to listen to them. You know, I remember one time she was, you know, she just, she let me know that she needed people to reach out to her more because she's a very strong person and has lots of resources. And you kind of think, oh, those people have it together. Mm -hmm. Gosh, if I could just be like them. But what we don't know is that their heart is falling apart because everybody thinks they have it together. So nobody's reaching out to them. And, you know, I, I heard her and I would set an, um, and I do this with other friends and family members is I'll set an appointment reminder on my calendar to, to touch base every Monday, you know, whatever it is, every Monday at noon, touch base, whether it's a text mm -hmm. or a phone call or an email. And I tell you, it's a life hack that has worked beautifully for mm -hmm. me when it's people that I just want to have a stronger relationship with. You know, I moved across the country. I was further away from my sisters and my niece than I wanted to be. And I didn't want to lose connection with them. With them, it was just a once a month thing. Hey, make, make sure you touch base with mm -hmm. whoever, you know, and see what they need and just tell them you love them. And I've watched my relationships grow and strengthen from it. It's a little life hack that I suggest. It is. Yeah. Being intentional yeah. is so significant. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. you said something, and I and I think it's so true. We look at strong personalities and, and we think, oh, they don't need us. And they want it. I mean, we're wired that way. We're wired to connect. And I know the other day we were talking about this, um, just research has discovered it's called parasocial relationships. And that's when people, when they're not meeting in person, we're actually creating these fi fictional characters and especially like celebrities where we see them as our friends. Like, so let that sink in for a, a moment there. Cause that is crazy. So during this time of lockdown, uh, it's, it's proven that people were forming attachments with folks they don't know because of the direct access that we have to celebrities through social media and streaming platforms, we became a part of their world. And mm -hmm. you're watching it, that's just the way our, our brain is focusing day in and day out on, on certain people that you are drawn to. And they, in this survey, they actually felt closer to celebrities that they followed than to their actual friends. Um, and this this study was out of the Journal of Social and Personal Relationships. But I, I find that fascinating because, like you said, when you're intentional, we say, oh, yeah, friends are important to me. But then we don't, like you said, putting it on your calendar, being intentional with it to make sure that you're staying current. 
So I, I think putting stuff on your calendar, like you said, I just want to double down on us saying it, the intentional thing and putting it down on your calendar, because you're reminding me that during lockdown, <clears throat> it, it, another thing I put on my calendar was I joined a Zoom yoga class with my friends and my teachers back in Indianapolis, my hometown. I live out in Los Angeles now. And it was at it's at six o'clock in Indianapolis time, which is a fine time to just stop your world and do yoga. Um, mm-hmm. But it was three o'clock here in L.A., which is that's hardcore work time. That's that's that's, you know, grind and grind it through until at least five or six o'clock. Right. For me. But I made the decision as much of a performed workaholic as I am um, to, to stop four days a week, Monday through Thursday at three o'clock. And I would just drop my mat on the floor and do my yoga with my friends. And just for them to say my name and be like, hi, Zan, I'm glad you showed up. Meant the world to me in lockdown that somebody could see me and cared that I showed up was a big mm-hmm. deal. And I carved that time out from work and just made myself do it, put that, put that link on the calendar every day at three o'clock and uh, just, just stay what can I say? Stay true to yourself. If you say you're going to do it, just do it. Mm. Yeah. And and that's the question for today is that why can some people, like you said, you just, you put it on the calendar and you, you had the discipline to make it happen. Why do some people bounce back from adversity and others go face down? And Zan, you have dealt with extreme adversity and pain in your life. Can you just share your story with us? on what has happened in in your (laughs) seasons? Sure, I've had many of the season, right? So I know when you listed all of those things at the top of the show, all these pains and traumas, and I'm like, are you supposed to be able to check off every box? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, so I will say this before I before I start with that, that beginning story um, of extraordinary loss is that it's not necessarily some people are resilient and some people lay face down mm. while, while, while I bounced back, there's plenty of times where I've been face down, back up, face down, back up, face down, back up. You know, it's, it's uh, it's a process. So if anybody's face down right now, you will get back up. You mm. will get back up. You will, I promise you keep breathing, keep waking up, just keep stepping forward, keep drinking water and waking up in the morning and you will bounce back up. Um, but my story my first memory in life is my story is um, my mother had her own challenges in life. I was the baby of four kids. And my first memory is being five years old. She was yelling down in the kitchen and it woke me up at night. And I went down there and I said, mommy, what's going on? And she said, where's the vacuum cleaner hose? She was screaming. Where's the vacuum cleaner mm. hose? Where's the expletive vacuum cleaner hose? And I said, Why? And she said, I'm going to take the vacuum cleaner hose and connect it to the car in the garage and kill myself. And Mm. I just, I mean, a five-year-old is just like, what? I mean, you don't even know what you, what? Uh, So I grabbed onto her leg, onto her calf and shin and wrapped myself around her for just to try to be dead weight and keep Mm -hmm. her in the house. And she dragged me across the kitchen floor. And I remember seeing the legs of the kitchen table go by and I'm trying to hold on to them to to keep her in the house. And she got to the screen door, the back door, opened it up and kicked me off and ran into the dark and ran up to the garage. And um, I I couldn't follow her. I was afraid of the dark. And I I can't judge myself. I was five years old. I was afraid of everything. I I I didn't have the tools to save her life. 
I didn't know what to do. And I was afraid of the dark. So I went back upstairs and I remember climbing the staircase and thinking very clearly, well, if mom doesn't care whether I grow up or not, why should I? If mm. mom doesn't care whether I, I live or die, why should I? And um, I was alone in the house at the time. All my siblings were gone. My brother had tried to, went out on his bicycle to go get my dad who had moved out and lived down the street, wasn't going to help us, didn't want to help us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try not to judge him either because, you know, this this might have been mom's who knows what attempt, you know, it might have been her. He might have thought she was crying wolf, but she wasn't. And um, that can really, that, as I say, that baked my cookie. I think of like sometimes you get these experiences in life that are like a, the shape of a cookie, like a cookie cutter. Mm. That was that that shaped my soul and I baked into that lack of worth being unworthy. Mm. I'm not worth living for. I'm not worth caring to to see grow up. And she didn't pass away that night. She my father came over. She was found in the garage. She did, however, pass away from suicide when I was 23. Mm. So. um so yeah, so that that that's been a real big cross to bear and it's good to talk about it with you and with everybody who's listening now because the first 7 years afterwards, so from 23 to 30, I couldn't even say the word suicide. I mm. could not. I couldn't tell a stranger. I couldn't tell my family. We didn't talk about it together. And that's real dysfunctional if you can't talk about something so deep. So it's good to talk about it. It's good to get it out there and say that you know, people need each other. Mm. I, again, I love I love the title of, or one of the things you said as the podcast started of be in it together. She didn't have enough support. She wasn't in mm. it together enough with enough girlfriends. I think if she had girlfriends, like girlfriend, it can create a community of support like that. She'd still be alive today. Mm. Mm-hmm. But back well, then it wasn't talked about. This kind of sadness wasn't talked about. Trauma wasn't talked about. Podcasts weren't around to talk about mm-hmm. it, to feel, to normalize it and go, oh my gosh, yeah, life is so hard sometimes. We don't want to wake up the next day, but but it gets better. Well, speaking of talking about it and you couldn't even say the word suicide, which I'm with you. I haven't experienced that. And yet that word, even when I said it at the beginning in the intro, I was like, oh, it just, there's something about that, that you can't, it's so foreign. Like you can't get your mind around the pain that somebody must be going through and the the illness of, um, of taking your life. And first of all, just my stomach hurts for you because even though, you know, someone can look at you and go, oh yeah, that, that was a while ago you you can normalize it and yet that pain obviously is still there and and to even i felt like when you were saying about you're not worthy um we know and you know how how worthy you are and that that's not your identity of your your self-worth and the way that your mom made you feel that way but i'm sure you had to just lean so much and surrender it over to God and go, okay, I do know that I'm worthy. And at that time when you were five and this is what's in your brain, were you ever able to talk to a teacher or share that kind of that what's going on? Or did you just deal with, I'm not going to trust people in my life? Well, that's exactly right, is I thought I can't trust anybody. I don't trust my mom, and I thought I don't trust my dad because, you know, he didn't come to help. And then that just 
then it's not like that was a one-time event. They did other things that made me, it's not like, oh, that's the only time you can't trust them. There's other, other things that happen. So no, I didn't share it with anyone. I didn't speak about it with anyone. Patty, can I tell you until last summer, I finally joined a support group for suicide loss survivors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it took whatever, 25 ish years or something, you know, for me to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, I, I know we can say, I mean, for me, I lean into my, my relationship with Christ and I say, okay, surrender everything, like surrender this over to him and no, this isn't heaven, it's earth. And while we are on earth, we will be dealing with adversity and it's okay to not be okay. Like you can tell yourself it's okay to live and grieve at the same time. But yet when you're five, you know, the, the, those words really don't count. It's, it's like you can hear them, but you actually need the tools and to find out that here you are, you know, a few decades later going, okay, connecting with people and, and finding the tools here. Um, what would you say? Um, cause I, I just heard this the other day of, um, asking yourself, like, what are you doing right now? The way you're thinking, the way you're making decisions, is that helping or harming you? And I thought that that's really a good, because sometimes we're, we're not even aware. It's like when you're reading a book and you realize you are, you know, two or three pages down and into it and you have no idea what you are reading. It's, <laughs> it's this lapse of meta awareness, you know, and then and then all of a sudden we become aware and we recognize that, we, you know, we're lost in the storyline. And so we jump back in and I and I think it works the same way um, when you're dealing with pain is finally I know I have done that in a, a friend relationship where, and this is nothing compared to what you have had to go through with your mom with suicide. So I'm not saying, oh, I had pain too. And I had a friend, <laughs> you know, and it's like, but just finding that you're doing that loop in your mind and you're going to bed when your head hits the pillow and it's the same framework that you're going, well, I don't understand why did this happen? And why did she do this? And why have, you know, and then finally going hello wake up like you you finding this support group to go i need to stop this loop or the fact that you're ignoring the loop altogether and not even addressing it so that's right well that's what's so hard is ignoring the loop altogether that is that's mm -hmm. the very dangerous part is ignoring it because if you ignore the loop the loop still happens and it's in your head and you're like eh, yeah you're not worthy yeah you're not worthy so what do you do you start creating relationships and work environments and everything that prove to you that you're right you're not worthy so you mm -hmm. live this life that's way less potential than you could have had and where people are taking advantage of you and showing you that you're not worthy because you're not paying attention to that loop. You're just letting that loop be right. And you're, you're almost solidifying that loop, you know, and giving more gas to that loop. But if you can somehow wake up and catch that loop, then that's where some anxiety comes in because now you can hear the loop and you go, Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why are you telling me that I'm, why is my brain telling me that I'm not worthy? Why is my brain telling me I've got all these problems? And then, oh my gosh, the anxiety, right? But once you can hear it, once you can then face the anxiety 
And the anxiety is there because you re, you you're you're fighting against that that negative part of your brain, and you're going, I don't want to know these things. I don't want to think that I'm uh, not living up to my potential. That I'm that I'm not worth anything. That I should be in a bad relationship. That I should get less than you know money than I'm worth in this job or whatever. That can keep you up at night. Mm. So then there, there's tr- tricks and tools to deal with anxiety, whether they're you know deep breathing or um, you know, giving up coffee. I know, I know that's a hard one, but <laughs> coffee and coffee and alcohol fuel anxiety. They're gas to the engine of anxiety. So even one glass of each a day really helps the, gives the anxiety car gas. So I mm. suggest stopping those if people struggle with anxiety and then I'm not over it. You know what I mean? Like I still have anxiety, of course, and can hear those thoughts sometimes if I say have a cup of coffee and then that, you know, throws those whatever chemicals in me where I get more anxious, but I'll catch myself now with the loop and I'll just replace it. And with the easiest things in the world, as I'm falling asleep, instead of saying, Instead of judging myself of, oh, whatever it is, you know, my my apartment's not big enough. I should be, you know, more fulfilled with, you know, having my own whatever it is, family. I should have a better car. I should do whatever. I should be at some other place than I am in life. I just would start with the simplest things. And I go, Zan, you're warm. You're safe. You've got a kitchen full of food. You've got a roof over your head. You're fine. Your car works. You're fine. You're fine. You're good. You're actually good. And I just start telling myself I'm warm and safe. I'm warm and safe. I'm warm and safe. And I just fall asleep telling myself I'm warm and safe and whatever else mm-hmm. you need to tell yourself to be comforted and to get rid of that, that negative loop. Because there will be a loop, but you get to choose the loop that you hear. And that's what I think we, we don't know sometimes is we get to choose the loop that we hear. Mm-hmm. And and you shared, Zan, that you're, you're a nail biter. And I find mm-hmm. that there are a lot of nail biters out there. And that is... Like uh, some of my friends that have said, you know, they look down at their nails and their their fingers are bloody because they're just going at it. Um, what what is a tool that you're able to, uh, or is it it's just all like you said, it's all inner, it's all figuring out that that loop, and that helps you stop doing some Ooh. of the anxiety. That's right. For some of it, it did. Yeah, and I like that. And now I'm I'm a year into not chewing my nails, which is like. That is the most insane thing ever because I've che- I've chewed them since before I you know at least since I was five years old let's say so five to what forty nine or something mm. and so I, there was never a moment in my life that I didn't it was as natural to me as breathing so how do you stop breathing <laughs> yeah. by choice you know you're like eh. I didn't even notice doing it but those things that I told you cutting out the occasional glass of wine even cutting that out cutting out stopping caffeine. Uh, both helped. And then for me, I joined these, like I said, these Zoom classes of yoga four times a week. And I think it's something about the deep breathing there that those after those classes, I was just as calm and peaceful as you could be. Mm. And I did try to pay attention to my nails and try to like maybe carry around a file and and file them down if, you know, instead of chew them. But I would say the cat, the, the lack of caffeine, lack of alcohol and adding in breathing or yoga helped. But the, another real, now this is a deep dive that helped was uh, in therapy. I learned that I, part of my character traits and stuff was being a perfectionist. 
And mm-hmm. I didn't understand perfectionism. At the time, I thought, well, I can't be a perfectionist. Look at my life. This isn't perfect. You're, this is no, no, no. That's, I'm not a perfectionist. But what a perfectionist does or perfectionism does is it helps keep you down. It helps keep you feeling unworthy. And that was my main thing my whole life long was I'm not worthy because of the suicide attempt when I was younger. And then the actual suicide when I was 23, you're not worth living. You're not worth sticking around for. So Mm -hmm. perfectionism, if I was a perfectionist and I had these high perfectionist standards, which are unrealistic and not even attainable on earth, I would never reach them. And I would always be less than. And so I was a perfectionist because I was keeping my, that really helped me keep my, my um, dysfunctional thinking right. Because I was always less than. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think perfectionism, that way you can control these things. Like I bet your closet is perfect. I am yeah. a neat freak. It's not, that's yes. not a lie. So Because <laughs> yeah. so, you can control so that. So yeah, no, I like things to be proper. I like things like all of that. But, um, but to get to the perfectionism and why does that make any sense with chewing your nails is that for me, the nail thing with the anxiety was that I couldn't stand for anything to be not smooth, not rounded, not perfect, not whatever. And so if it had a little chip or a this or a that, I would rip at it and tear at it until it was in quotes smooth. But sometimes that in quotes smooth meant that it was like bleeding down to the nub. Mm-hmm. But then, but I sure, but I sure didn't feel the, 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 the chip or the tear or the rip or, you know what I mean? The whatever. And I got to the point after the, like I said, dropping the caffeine and the alcohol and starting the breathing, the yoga and stuff that I could look at my nail and it would be like break or be weird. And I could just look at it and go, you know what? That's not perfect. And that's okay. Mm. In an hour, I'll be home and be near my file and I'll just take care of that in an hour. Mm. So now I can look at things and go, that's not perfect, but that's okay. I don't have to drill away at it and and to, yeah, to, to some dysfunctional level right now. Mm. So that's a deep dive as to how to stop chewing your nails. But well, it's it's. Me. It is funny because it's those little things in life, like chewing your nails that end up all of a sudden taking over, you know, some of your thought process. And uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for sharing your your story and your pain and and just <laughs> your resiliency of how you were able to bounce back. And what I love, Zan, is like you said, you're still bouncing. And that that is a huge tip for so many um, people that are that are dealing with with just these the, the tragic tragic things that have happened to them and uh, you know just living and grieving at the same time and watching that that loop and like I said I I love to just surrender it and go okay God you're gonna have to sustain me here because I cannot move forward uh, being able to wire our our brains. Um, it's not fixed. Our brains are adaptable and we can change our brain, even if that means getting out of that perfectionism. And in 30 seconds, Zan, how can we find you? Oh, you can find me. Uh, you can find my website at zanauctions.com. Uh, Gmail is zanauctions at Gmail. I keep it pretty simple. I'm Zan. Okay. I do auctions. All right. Thank <laughs> so, you, Zan. Yeah. What an honor to have you on the show. And we are going to have you on again. So goodbye. Have a beautiful week. Bye. Thanks.
to Girlfriend It because our girlfriends are where we get our best tips for life. Find us on Facebook at Girlfriend It. Hit subscribe to iTunes or toginet.com.